What's up, everyone? Welcome back inside Big Easy and the Big Apple, the destination for the Houdat Nation. It's your host, Chris Rosvoglu. You can follow me on Twitter at Rosvoglu Report. Now, I told you guys, if Drew Brees was cleared, you play him. I got a little pushback from some of the fans who said, wait and wait. And yeah, of course, it's all speculative on how you end up playing. But guess what? Drew Brees is back. Drew Brees looks like number nine. And the Saints look like the best team in the NFC, a six-straight victory to improve to 7-1 and one by beating the Arizona Cardinals. And there's a lot to talk about from that game, but there's three things that I really want to focus on. I want to focus on Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and that defense because that defense has been lights out and they deserve all the recognition in the world. Now, remember, not only am I going to be talking about the Saints' victory over the Cardinals in this podcast, I'm also going to have an interview with... Uh, Brian Bienemy, who's been reporting on the Saints, he's been he's got a lot of inside sources in terms of trades, possible names coming up on the trade block, uh, and you'll hear a lot of good stuff from him in a little bit. So do not miss the end of this show. The second half is going to have the interview with Brian. It's going to be a lot of good stuff right there. But let's talk about that game. Let's talk about what went down between the Saints and the Cardinals because let's be real. Even you know for someone like me who wanted Drew to play, you're nervous in terms of how is he going to take hits, how is he going to be able to move around the pocket and make sure he doesn't get that thumb jammed on a helmet or on his hand, anything like that. And I thought Drew looked fantastic. Now, the interception, everyone complained about it, and I get it. Drew Brees always does that type of stuff. And it annoys the hell out of us, but that's Drew Brees. He's going to make a pass where you're like, you know, for such a great quarterback, what, what did he see that we didn't see there, you know? And it happened with the interception when you got Zach Line out wide and Patrick Peterson's in that area. You probably just don't throw it there. Drew does. Maybe it's miscommunication. I don't know what he thought he had. Um, but either way, you throw that one out of the book. Because at the end of the day, Drew went 34 for 43 and 373 yards, three touchdowns. He was Drew Brees. And it took him the first half to get his legs under him and get his arm ready and feel like he could grip it and rip it like he said. But the second half was amazing by Drew. They had long, methodical drives down the field, and he was getting guys involved, which on other teams probably don't even see the ball. What team can tell you they'll throw to? Austin Carr, Zach Line, Deontay Harris, Dan Arnold, Josh Hill, Taysom Hill, and it just goes down the list, and you're like, Drew hit, I believe it was nine different receivers yesterday. We all talk about how the Saints don't have wide receivers outside of Michael Thomas, and you guys are not wrong. They need another weapon across from number 13 but by you know god damn Drew Brees just hits everyone it doesn't matter who's playing out there if you're running routes and you could catch a football Drew's gonna throw it to you and the Saints have shown that this next man up mentality just continues to work for them no Kamara who on a good day can have near to 10 near 10 receptions guess what Latavius Murray caught nine balls yesterday nine like this Saints team 
continues to roll. And I know there's a lot of talk about the Packers. I know there's a lot of talk about the 49ers. And that's fine. They're they're both very, very good teams. They're great teams, might I add. And I think the three best teams in football are all from the NFC. I really do. But the Saints are special. And with Drew Brees back now, it's a full go. You're 7-1. You are, in the win column, three games up on the second-place team in the Carolina Panthers. The Buccaneers' season is over. The Falcons' season is over. And yeah, the Panthers are still technically a contender, but the way the Saints are playing and the way and the uh, the rest of the schedule shapes out for the Panthers, the Saints are in the driving uh, seat right now. You know, they are not only going to win this division— we're talking about seeding. We're talking about where is this Saints team going to end up? How many home games are they going to get in the playoffs? And they control their own destiny because they play the 49ers. And right now they have the advantage over Green Bay. And Green Bay plays San Francisco too. So it's going to be interesting how this all shapes out. But either way, with number nine back, I think this is the team to beat NFC. And I, and I think Drew Brees, what he did perfectly in yesterday's game was outside of the Zach line throw. He didn't force it. He took the open sh- the shots that he had. Um, you know, without Kamara, without Jared Cook, y- you cannot say anything bad about that performance. Yeah, you want to bash the pick, go ahead. But Taysom Hill was their second leading receiver. And the Saints managed to put up 31, and they managed to have 373 yards through the air. That is a day, ladies and gentlemen. That is a day. And before I shift over to Michael Thomas real quick, I want to say something about Taysom Hill. We can, you know, crack jokes about what he is, what he isn't. And I told you guys many times, and I still believe that to this day, he's not a quarterback. He's just a football player, a heck of a football player. I think we're going to see Taysom Hill become a pretty decent receiver down the stretch here. And no, this isn't me saying, oh, because they have Taysom Hill, they shouldn't trade for a wide receiver. They should trade for a wide receiver. Because you trade for someone, everyone in that locker room is like, man, we're going, we know we're going for it. But the front office has given us that little extra push to make this championship run. And it really rejuvenates everyone in the locker room. But Taysom Hill is someone that I'm going to keep an eye on for the rest of the season. I don't think defenders respect him as a wide receiver, and they're going to regret it. Arizona was the example of that. He's got three receiving touchdowns this year. Do you know how many more touchdowns it is for other players? He's got more receiving touchdowns than George Kittle. He's got more receiving touchdowns than Juju Smith-Schuster. He's got more receiving touchdowns than Odell Beckham. He's got more receiving touchdowns than Alvin Kamara. Taysom Hill has become a weapon. The Saints are learning how to use him. And I think as the year goes on, you're going to see his numbers increase dramatically as an option in the receiving game. And I think he's going to be a really good player for the New Orleans Saints. Now, someone who's already a good player and someone who I think is the best player at his position in football, bar none, is can't guard Mike. And... I think it's safe to say there's not a Twitter handle more accurate than Michael Thomas because the reality is we keep watching and watching and no one's learning how to cover him. And he doesn't beat you deep. He doesn't beat you with quickness. He beats you with physicality. He beats you with his release. And he just beats you with great route running in those intermediate routes. And we saw on Sunday, yet again, 11 targets. Guess what? He caught all 11 targets for 112 yards and a touchdown. Let me show you. How good Michael Thomas has been this year. He's got 73 catches for 875 yards and four touchdowns this year. That is absurd. That's 19 less catches than all of his rookie year. And he was great his rookie year, but 19 less receptions. And if a Utah receiver, they're going to have 73 catches this year. That's a good season for a lot of players. For 80% of wide receivers in the National Football League, 73 catches is a good year. He's on pace. For 146 receptions, which would break Marvin Harrison's record for most receptions in a single season. 
I know the MVP is for uh, quarterbacks. I get it. But let me tell you why I think Michael Thomas has a real chance to win MVP this year. And, and no wide receiver's done it. I think he's got a chance here. Russell Wilson's been really good, and he's great, and we get that. But Russell Wilson's stats are never going to jump off the stat sheet for you. They're never going to pop out to your eyes. You're like, damn, you know, Russell Wilson's definitely the MVP. Plus, Seattle's good, but Seattle could lose a couple games here and finish around 11-5, where the Saints have a real shot at 13-3. Let's keep it going. How about Patrick Mahomes? Unfortunately, and it sucks for the NFL, Mahomes is missing games right now. He hurt his knee. His numbers haven't been as good as they were last year, and he's going to miss time. Okay, well, let's move it on. How about someone like Tom Brady? The answer, no, just no. How about Aaron Rodgers? I'm going to say no because the reason the Packers are good isn't just because Aaron Rodgers turned on the switch. Aaron Rodgers like Drew Brees. They've been putting up numbers since they came into the league, okay? And since once they were the starting quarterback for their respective teams, they put up great numbers. What changes this year? The Packers have been good because they got a running game, and now they got a pass rush, and that's been the key for them. And they've had a favorable schedule that works in their favor there, and that's fine. How about the Niners? You're not going to give anyone on the Niners MVP. They're such a well-rounded team that, yeah, we could talk about Bosa for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, I think Tevin Coleman's been a nice piece. George Kill's been a nice piece. But they don't have, like, an MVP quarterback or offensive guy on their team. So I think you move past them. And, all right, who's the other option? Christian McCaffrey? Fine, but the Panthers are 4-3. and three, So let's start having a conversation on how can the MVP miss the playoffs. See my point? So we get there, and we think about Michael Thomas and what he's been doing. He's been doing it with Drew Brees, without Drew Brees. It doesn't matter that Teddy Bridgewater comes in. His production continues to be at a sky-high rate. He's on pace to break the single-season record for most receptions, which would be 146, which would, be, which would absolutely be absurd. He's on pace for over 1,600 receiving yards. And yeah, eight touchdowns isn't great, but you never know. He might have a two-touchdown performance here or there to get him up to double digits. And mind you this, he's doing it without a real, you know, co-star opposite of him we can talk about how great Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen are he doesn't have that receiving duo with him it's it, yeah Ted Ginn's okay but he's old so it's Michael Thomas who's gonna get double teamed on a nightly basis and he's gonna put it up the only other player I honestly think if you tell me he's MVP today I'm not gonna argue with you and I'm gonna say you know what if he wins MVP I'm happy for him Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson is the key to that Houston team. They don't got J.J. Watt. They traded away Jadavian Clowney. DeAndre Hopkins isn't having the best year. And guess what? The Texans are 5-3. and three. The Texans are winning games because of Deshaun Watson. And we've seen, Saints fans have seen up close, how good Deshaun Watson is. So that's the one name. If someone brings him up, I'll say, you know what? I can live with that. And you know what? I'm going to throw in one more name for you guys. Just because I think he's a great player and I think he's a great kid. Lamar Jackson. If you want to tell me Lamar Jackson, I'm not going to argue with you. But outside of those two names, don't bring up another name without saying Michael Thomas because he should be in the MVP conversation. And I think he firmly will if he continues this stretch. It's been amazing. I love watching him. He is such a good wide receiver. I grew up watching Marcus Colson. I thought, man, this guy's the best Saints receiver ever. And he was at the time. Michael Thomas is already better. And it's not close. It's not close. Um, so I tip my cap to Michael Thomas. Now, before I wrap up the first half of this episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple, Let's talk about that defense. That Saints defense is finding their form. They're one of the top five units in football, in my opinion. And I think this is the game changer. They have two good cornerbacks. We can talk about the front seven for days, and I think their front seven is phenomenal. The real thing about the Saints that makes them dangerous is Eli Apple and Marshawn Lattimore. Lattimore could take your best receiver out of the game, and Eli Apple could do a damn good job against the other. That's something teams don't have. The Rams, we can brag about Jalen Ramsey, Who's across from him? It's not a good option. Okay, the Niners, 
I think the Niners have a chance to say, you know, I, I'll put it this way. I think the 49ers are the only defense in the NFC that's better than the Saints because their defense gets after you. I'll give them respect. They have a better defense than the Saints. Other than that, I think the Saints have the second best defense in their conference. Don't give me anything about the Vikings. Don't give me anything about the Chicago Bears. They're losing games. So I think the Saints defense is phenomenal. I saw yesterday a team that outside of a couple of trick plays had the Cardinals on lockdown. Kyler Murray only 220 passing yards. How about the running game? Do you want to talk about it? The running game had 40 rushing yards against the Saints. You can't run on them and you can't really throw to your best receiver. So unless you're playing a team and and here's a team where I think they have an edge in terms of personnel against the Saints defense, but they don't have the quarterback to do it. The Minnesota Vikings, because the Vikings have Diggs and they have Thielen. So yeah, let's say Lattimore takes one out of the equation, takes out Thielen, let's say. Well, you still got Diggs against Eli Apple, and that's a tough matchup. But here's the thing. They don't have the quarterback to trust to say he's going to expose that defense. I don't think Kirk Cousins can do that. So let's move over to the Packers. I think Devontae Adams is a specimen. That guy's insane. Let's say Lattimore takes him out. I think Eli Apple could hold his own against Marquez Valdez-Scantling very well. So it just comes down to, is that Saints defense going to get after Aaron Rodgers? And they have the personnel to do so. How about the 49ers? The 49ers don't have a number one wide receiver. There's a question with how you cover George Kittle, and that would be a question mark. But I just see there, it's advantage Saints. So I think this defense continues to show that they're elite. Um, They didn't give up a touchdown yesterday. And to not give up a touchdown and to go two games... This, you know, over the past, what has that been, a month? Without giving up a touchdown, this one, and I believe it was the Jacksonville game, that's phenomenal. And we could keep saying how good this offense is going to be with Breeze and how smart Sean Payton is, and he is. Dennis Allen and this defense deserve major recognition for what they've been able to do this season with the Saints. And we're going to see it grow over the second half. They have two weeks to prepare for a Falcons team that's reeling. Let's see how they come out and play against Atlanta. But this defense is playing great. I'm looking forward to seeing them, and I'm looking forward to see how Drew Brees plays in his second game since coming off that thumb surgery. Now, that's going to do it for the first half of Big Easy in the Big Apple. When we come back, I have an interview with Brian Biennemi. He's going to talk about his Saints sources, what he's hearing around the league, what might go down uh, with this New Orleans team, and talk about the trade deadline. It's really interesting. You don't want to miss it, so stay tuned for that. All that coming up after this short message. All right, now joining me inside Big Easy in the Big Apple is Brian Bienemy, also known as BSPN. You can follow him on Twitter at public underscore B underscore enemy. Uh, so, Brian, the Saints had Drew Brees return from his injury. I want to start off with that before we get into trade news. What do you think of Drew coming back? I thought he was a little bit shaky early, but, uh, I mean, that was to be expected, of course. I mean, the guy has missed the last five, maybe six weeks of action. You mean, of course, you know, he also has to get adjusted to having that thumb split on. So I think for a guy that could shake it off that quickly and come back, drop 373, three touchdowns. I mean, you know, Drew Brees was Drew Brees. He's the machine that we all know and love. And I think he's only going to get better now that he has time to make some adjustments to gripping the ball and things of that nature. So Teddy Bridgewater, I think we could all agree. He was pretty phenomenal for them uh, in the five games as a starter. Is it too early to say, you know, he could be on the roster next year? Do you think we're looking at the heir apparent, or do you think it's something we have to wait and see what happens with Drew? I still think 
it's a little of, of a waiting game when it comes to whether or not Teddy's going to be the, you know, I guess the true heir apparent. What, what's been proven is that Sean can win games with Teddy right now, and Teddy can still ball in the NFL. Now what it comes down to is, of course, money, because Teddy's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And, of course, it comes down to whether or not Drew's going to actually hang it up and then there's also the factor of do the Saints truly believe Teddy is the heir apparent because they may still want to, you know, do some type of draft capital, whether they be this year or the next, into a quarterback that maybe they believe could be the heir apparent long term. But I think for now, uh, Sean has proven that he can win games with Teddy, and I think Teddy loves the locker room and the guys that he's around. I think it's a perfect marriage moving forward, even if he is, you know, must, you know, pardon the bad pun, but a bridge quarterback. Now, you brought this up on Twitter, and I thought it was a really interesting point. You mentioned how well Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's been playing, and he's been a nice spark plug for them in the slot. Do you think it's honest? You know, it's a fair thing to say that P.J. Williams has lost his starting job? I think so. I think it was going to be hard for P.J., no matter what happens, to keep the rookie off the field from getting snaps in the first place. And I think now that he does have the two-game suspension, he'll be coming back after the bye week. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's just playing too well. The continuity is there, so it's not like it's going to be an adjustment period for Chauncey with the rest of the guys. He's been you know, kind of starting that since the offseason. I don't see a way in which P.J. gets the job back. Will he still be dependent on to get snaps if he's around? Absolutely. But I think at this point... He, he is tra- you know, trade bait at this point if you really want to look at it that way because the Saints can decide to whether or not they want to keep Patrick Robinson or T.J. Williams. But I think it's kind of a toss-up at this point because Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the job is his. Now let's switch over to trade news. You've been all over it um, from day one with who the Saints are going after. Last week you were mentioning Tyler Eifert, and now you also mentioned that the Bengals were being stubborn, so it makes trade talks a little difficult. How's it going there? Are the, are the Bengals still holding down the Ford and saying we're not giving up Eifert, not giving up Green? Uh, have the Saints moved on? What's going on with that? I think the Saints are doing a due diligence around the league. Uh, even when they started initially looking for a pass catcher, they called multiple teams to see who would bite, what would, you know, I guess the exploratory talks, who would bite, how much the draft compensation would be, are you looking for a player in return? Basically, just trying to figure out what's it going to cost to add a weapon to the offense. Of course, the Bengals were trying to, you know, basically deny the fact that A.J. Green was even available. And even now, we see that the market would be extremely too high for a guy like that, especially for the Saints because they only have five draft picks. So they moved on to Tyler. Eifert, who's a better option, another pass-catching option. He's more like a big wide receiver than he is a tight end. And, of course, the Bengals were being the Bengals and trying to play hardball, even though there's no need for them to keep Eifert around because it's not like they're going anywhere at this point. So the Bengals were being the Bengals, and the Saints do what they normally do. They moved on to the next options. Of course, that was Emmanuel Sanders, but he ends up going for two draft picks. Doesn't work out that way. So the Saints are now just trying to call wherever they need to to still be aggressive and find some type of added weapon to put with that offense, and you being in New York would know better than anybody. The name that's been circulating now is Golden Tate, and I think, you know, because the Giants are sort of in this youth movement, they're trying to do with Dave Gettleman, and of course, there's Daniel Jones and uh, Saquon Barkley. I think it makes sense for them to get rid of Golden Tate because of his contract and because he's, he's the age uh, gap between him and the rest of the guys on the team. Yeah, actually, I saw you mentioning Golden Tate even a week ago, and I told you, you know, if that happens, that's a big move, uh, and the Giants are now using Darius Slayton, who's a rookie, a lot more. I think it'd be interesting Golden Tate going there. Is he the only guy? Is it kind of Golden Tate or bust right now, or are there other names that fans should be looking out for? 
Well, of course, they would love for Evan Ingram to be available, but I think he fits the youth movement the Giants may be looking forward to. You want to keep guys like Saquon Barkley and, of course, uh, Sterling Shepard and, and, of course, Evan Ingram. You want to keep those guys on the roster because they're playmakers. They're young enough to kind of grow with Daniel Jones. And you get to say, okay, well, now we, you know, we can use these other guys that we have no real intention of keeping. A guy like a Golden Tate, you can kind of move him along because of what happened with him in the contract situation about the his guaranteed money being voided in 2020 because of the four-game PED suspension you move him you get some draft capital you uh, you know you possibly you know package that up if you have a guy in mind that you really want to go for in the draft or you stay put and you take you know you just add to that young team that you're trying to build especially along the offensive line and the defensive line which is where the Giants need help now this is more of a prediction based question for you um but if someone's asking you you know by Tuesday by the deadline do the Saints make a move do you think it happens do you think they stand pat I think they're being aggressive enough to try to make a move if the Saints don't trade for anybody it won't be for lack of effort that's for sure because they're trying they're you know, they've made from what my account is at this point six phone calls to various teams around the league trying to see what's available and who's available i know uh at one point uh they you know people wanted the attention to be on Devontae parker over in miami but from what i understand from the guys over there covering the miami dolphins he's not available right now uh of course the way it was told to me is that anybody is available for the right price but the Dolphins are not intentionally shopping Devontae Parker. So I think that's one less guy you have to worry about. Of course, there's uh, Robbie Anderson over there with the Jets. He's a potential target, but I'm not really sure how much capital the Jets are looking for in return. From what I understand, they want a third-round pick for Robbie Anderson. So Robbie Anderson, and that's not going to happen if you're looking for the Saints because they only have a first, a third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I don't see them giving up a third for a guy that's an un uh, unrestricted free agent next year. So I think that's what it all comes down to. Can the Saints get a guy who they can count on moving forward because trading a third-round pick for a guy that may or may not resign, even if you're going to gamble for a compensatory pick, it's not what the Saints are looking to do. They're, they're, they're risk-takers, but they're not that much of a risk-taker. Now I'm going to transition over to injuries. Uh, you spoke about this, I believe, two weeks ago or so uh, with Jared Cook and Alvin Kamara. You said they'll probably be coming back after the bye. Uh, is that still the timeline? Should they be good to come back after the bye, or is there a couple setbacks there? No, I believe so. I believe Alvin Kamara looks like he's, you know, he's just about ready to go. And with Jared Cook, they had no intentions on playing him the uh, the following two weeks that we just saw pass against Chicago, and of course now against the Cardinals. They're gonna wait till after the bye week, bring those guys back healthy. They really wanted to focus on Drew this game and getting him back and letting him find the limitations with that right thumb. But uh, as far as Cook and, and Kamara are concerned, I think all systems are a go when they come back against the Atlanta Falcons, and I think they'll also be looking to see how far Traquan is as far his rehab coming off the ankle injury he suffered as well now last question for you here brian i usually ask everyone that comes on the show i asked zach Street a couple of weeks ago about it in your mind how does this season end for the saints I think it's going to end with them hoisting the Lombardi. The way it looks right now is that the Saints are on a collision course with the Patriots. And if that's going to happen, I, I know everybody's hyped up about the Patriots saying they have one of the better defenses they've ever seen. But the Patriots have a lot of holes, including along the offensive line. Tom Brady's getting hit a lot more this season than he has probably in the last three or four seasons combined. And, of course, that defense hasn't really been tested vertically. I think the Saints are the team that can do that. And they have enough weapons to kind of stretch the Patriots all over the field. I think that the Saints-Patriots matchup is one that we thought we would get possibly last year and it's going to happen this year I think Breeze beats the Patriots and Tom Brady rides off into the sunset saying you know what I've done all that I need to do thank you Brian for coming on I hope that prediction uh, comes true Saints fans if you're not following him already make sure you do so he's got the sauces as everyone says uh, and he is the man with all the info for the trade thank you so much for coming on Brian
No worries, Chris. Appreciate your time, man. Anytime you need me, just give me a holler. Once again, that was Brian Bienemy. You can follow him at Twitter at public underscore B underscore enemy. Um, and I'll say this about Brian. There's a lot of people that for no reason just decide to take shots at his inside information, saying he doesn't have sources, he doesn't have this. Here's the reality. Brian said the Saints are looking at for at Eifert. About a day later, you got all the verified people on Twitter saying, oh, they're looking at Eifert, they're looking at him. Brian said the Dolphins weren't going to trade Devontae Parker or aren't actively looking to trade Devontae Parker. I reached out, myself, I reached out to contacts in Miami that I trust, and they said they're not actively looking to shop Devontae Parker. Brian starts talking about guys like Hayden Hurst, Albert Breer, who is a phenomenal reporter, starts talking about Hayden Hurst. So I'll say this about Brian. Not only is he smart when it comes to knowing his Saints football, he does have information that there are some people that try to knock him down for no reason. I'm not sure. I think he's an outstanding reporter for Saints news. Um, And also the one thing he does that I love the most is that he adds a little bit of flavor to it. It's not just saying the news. There's a little bit of spice into his report. And it's something that's different. It's a little personality twist. um, And I enjoy it. So if you're not following him already, and especially with the deadline tomorrow, do so. You will not regret it. I'm telling you, it'll be one of the best moves you made on Twitter. But once again, I got to thank, thank Brian for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know he was busy dropping Golden Tate news today um, and trade rumors on that. But for him to come on, take the time to talk about the Saints and what's going on, I really do appreciate it. And I also appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. And I hope you enjoyed this episode as I recap the Saints win over the Cardinals and spoke to Brian about who the Saints may trade for and how this season will end for the black and gold. But that's going to do it for this week's, uh, well, actually this early portion uh, episode because there's probably going to be another episode later this week, especially if the Saints make a trade. So you'll probably hear for more from me in the future. But anyway, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of Big Easy in the Big Apple. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. And hopefully the next time I speak to you, the Saints make a trade for a wide receiver.